Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, what, where do we pick up from? Hi uh, everyone. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Luke Anderson, astronaut, a man barely interesting. I also uh, went to a school dance with a girl that watched Titanic, I think, 17 times in the theater. It was a different time back then. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. There's HBO hot where it's like you watch it and you're like, wow, she's dangerous. I'm into that. We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland. On Saturdays, about sports, The Sinner and the Saint will be that show. Better than they were before. Funnier. Sportsier. More Labradoodles. On 1080, The Fan. We made it through hour one. If you missed any part of that, you can go to 1080thefan.com. Go to the on-demand button, download the Les Schwab Tires podcast, and then you won't have missed anything. So when your friends start talking about, hey, did you hear what Luke and Will were talking about on Saturday? You can no, be like, I have a life. You can be like, yes, oh. I, I caught that. I listened to the podcast as I fell asleep. Because that's the only way I can sleep. This insomnia is killing me. It's ripping my family apart. Whoa. What? That's a bit much. Oh, did I? I was listening to it while I was disciplining my children. That's how I discipline my children. You guys are going to listen to this whole stupid hour one. Smack. These morons talking about sports. That'll teach you. That'll be the last time you take my car without my permission. Who left the door open? Are we air conditioning the whole neighborhood? Is that what you tell your kids? I don't tell my kids anything. What's your what's your biggest dad faux pas? Every dad has like a dad thing they do. What, oh. What's what's your biggest dad thing you do? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I make them watch basketball with me. Yeah, but like, okay, oh. here's an example. The one I kind of gave you. Like a lot of dads are obsessed with the thermostat, right? Like, hey. Oh, yeah. No, my wife's in charge of the thermostat. I gave up on that a long time before we had kids. Does she get pretty Nazi about it? No, I don't touch it. She, there's nothing to get Nazi about. I never touch the thing. Well, I but just, does I, she? Does she tell you to get the hell out? Well, why would she if I'm not touching it? Do you understand how that works? Well, I understand how that I works. I just gave but... her, I just, I was like, here, you can have the thermostat. Well, are you looking at it wrong? No, I don't. What? Anyways, move on from that point. No, the thermostat is not an issue in my home. Do you like to assert yourself by raising your voice? No, not really. Not really. You're such I, a blah if, dad. Well, here's, 
here's probably my biggest faux pas as a as a parent, uh, which probably started as an uncle, is I'm probably a little bit too lax. I let the kids kind of get themselves into a little bit of trouble, and they probably go a couple steps further than most parents would let them. You're like, fun dad. Yeah, I'm fun dad, I guess. that's if they're, if they're starting to take a header off the couch, I'm like, let's see how this ends. You know? It's kind of, I'm kind of that dad. I'm like, let's, let's see how they do in this pickle they've gotten themselves into. And sometimes they, they do well, and sometimes that, not so much. Look at that. She opened the Jack Daniels all on her own. Yeah. Well, no. see how this one no, no, turns no. out. We don't put the Jack Daniels where they can reach it. It's usually the tequila on the bottom shelf, and that's the one they're running around the house with. Can't let them get crazy with that. Well, listen. Tequila will get your. They're get, starting to figure out the screw idea. top, but the tequila's got a cork, and they can't, for some reason, can't pull out the cork. Works out just fine. Yeah, and sippy cup. Yeah. So we're safe with that. So speaking of parenting, yes, uh, the NFL did their best impression of unreasonable parent uh, this week. Yes. Ugh. What? Bad. Yeah, unreasonable parent. Unreasonable. Yeah. So instead of actually having a conversation with their children, i.e., the players, they decided just to uh, you know assert their authority, and they've come up with what seems to be uh, their idea of a good solution for the NFL protest. They call it a compromise. Yeah, but I don't understand how it's a compromise. It's, uh, okay, here are the choices that you have now if you're an NFL player uh, for the national anthem. So here's one thing that I learned this week that I didn't know. I want to kind of preface this conversation with it. Did you know that before 2010, players did not even leave the locker rooms for it? I did. Did you know it before this week? Yes, I did. Okay. And the reason Roger Goodell did it was because when he came on as commissioner, he wanted to start to appeal to a broader fan base of people in the Midwest and said, if I can get all these guys out here for the national anthem, it'll show more patriotism and more people wow. in the Midwest will start to say, hey, now I really relate to these guys. This is so beautiful that this is a Roger Goodell backfire. Oh, this makes, pretty much. This makes me very happy. So. They made the compromise uh, for now the NFL players is if they don't want to, they don't have to be out for the national anthem. So that's, that's fair. That's sure. how they can avoid it. Sure. No problem. But if they sit down or they kneel or protest in any other way, which is really vague, then the team will be fine and the team can decide who pays that fine. So teams can individually find players. Or the teams can pay the fines. And the New York Jets chairman and I believe Jed York, uh, the owner of the 49ers, has already said our players aren't paying those fines. So, how do you think they did, Will? Uh, they've created, and this will get us into our uh, other very famous argument that's prevalent on this show, what the meaning of Catch-22 is. <laughs> this is Catch-22. Because if you stay in for the national anthem, you're perceived as unpatriotic. But if you go out there and you want to protest, you're also perceived as non-patriotic. You can't win either way. Well, you could you just stand there win. and put your hand over your heart. But if you're staying in, most likely you want to protest it, right? Now, this is for guys who want to protest. Okay, sure. For want to do it in yeah. some, some capacity, right? You can stay in and you can consider that a protest, but you're also not openly doing it and you're perce perceived as unpatriotic. If you go out there and you protest, you're also perceived as an unpatriotic. So you can't win either way if you're somebody who wants to let their opinion known. Let me also well, just let me also just say really quick, um, they do play football after the national anthem, so do they, they do their job. See, this is the problem with the whole thing is that they're talking we're talking about the protest in the middle of the summer. I mean, we're we're 3 months from them playing football and we're talking about the protest. The yes. pro the problem is Instead of making a decision, they shot for the middle. You never win shooting for the middle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be 
when I grow up, I'm going to be the most mediocre player in the NBA. I'm shooting for the middle. Like nobody has success shooting for the middle at anything. You all you can do is lose. And and what you can they, do it. You can do it, Jeff Green. <laughs> you can do it, Jeff. I believe in you. But that's that's the problem. What they've done is they've just went, well, let's let's compromise on this. Instead of making an assertion which would have been like, hey, this is you have to stand for the national anthem or you'll be fine personally, or your team will have some penalty. That was one option. The other one was going, let's just have everybody stay in the locker room. Then everybody's equal. We don't have to worry about it. Those were the two proposed ideas that they decided to go, let's just split the difference. That's idiotic. And so now what they just do that. Why didn't they have everybody in the locker? Why do you have to even have them out there? I I mean, the fact that, like I said, I didn't know that before 2010, that was a thing. And I guess I, I, I never really remembered not seeing the players on the sidelines, but I don't remember the seeing them either. So there was, to me, I didn't realize and, that it was this recent of a thing. So then just go, everybody stays in the locker room and you're good. But what's going to happen is week one, your announcers and your broadcast team is going to do what they did last year. They're going to go and do roll call. And they're going to be like, oh, did you see who stayed in the locker room? Did you see who was, you know, standing? He was standing a little bit sideways. He wasn't, the whole team was standing this way. He was standing there. I wonder if that's a silent protest for this. So now what you're going to have is exactly what you had last year, which is it wasn't even so much the protest, but it was all of the the talk around it. Every time somebody kneeled, there was, there was a list of players released every Monday going, here are all the guys that protest. Go ahead and hate them. Well, and my other thing is if you... So let's say that we keep them all in there. And as a NFL fan, you say to yourself or you say out openly on Twitter, hey, why are you keeping them all in there? That's unpatriotic, right? Yeah. I think this would have been the best solution. I agree with you that just keep everybody inside, have the national anthem, and who cares? Yeah. And if you have a problem with that, then uh, you care that much about their opinion of patriotism that you want them out there and you want to be the judge of that okay so why did you care in the first place when they were well but this is what you know what i mean it's this trap of like look they can't do anything right that's like you're not going to let them protest so what the hell do you care about i i then i i just go back every single time to anybody that has a problem with this of they play football after this you know that right Hmm. you know they're not getting on the field giving everybody the middle finger during the anthem and then leaving the field and getting in their Mercedes and going home, right? You know they're playing the yeah. game. Like, you can still watch it. You know that one and a half minutes before the game that you get so pissed off about? You know that's not really a big deal because they're still going to play the game that you're going to get drunk to watching. But again, this is this is the reason it's a big deal. It's because we made it a big deal. I mean, the NFL, instead of just going... Hey Cap, let's let's pull you aside and go. Hey, what what is it that you're protesting? Let's work together. We agree that police brutality is is out of control, and then there's people. I mean, Sterling Brown this week, an NBA player was tased in what should have been a parking ticket incident. You well, you, no, he that the the video was released. It was yeah, the video yeah, yeah. was released this week, I guess. But what I'm saying is, in within the same week, we have the uh, controversy yeah. of a young black man being over overly forceful cops. Uh, going after him, whatever that, that was said very poorly i'm a professional radio personality but you get my point and now you have the nfl who is basically they want everybody instead of telling them to fall in line they're going what we'd like to do is you choose to do exactly what we want you to do but we won't explicitly say what we want you to do yes 
And I agree how, with you. Just and just, how is that going to work? But the reason it's a big deal. The reason the reason we see Mark Ingram get suspended for four games in NFL for PEDs, and everybody goes, eh, "All right, well, we'll be back by week five. And we look at a guy like Robinson Cano, and we're like, "Unbelievable! Another guy that does this. Baseball has been ruined by steroids." Is because baseball took it to friggin' Congress. The NFL has never done anything where they go, "Hey, look at all these guys that are cheating. Look at all the things that they did." But they did that with the flag. They went. The problem with this is, is these people clearly hate the military and they hate America. Well, if if they wouldn't have jumped on that and they wouldn't have had your your broadcast team go, all right, let's count the guys that that kneel and what does it mean and we'll talk to them. It'll be the focus of our interviews. You make it a bigger story and it's not going to go away as easily. They made the bed. Now they have to lie in it and their solution is idiotic. By the way, Mark Ingram, fattest guy to ever use PEDs. We just you're, you're, we just talked about Bartolo Colon getting busted in 2012 for PEDs. Fattest active PED user. Do you think Bartolo is still using him? Why would you stop? He's 45 years old and he's still a productive Major League Baseball player. Of course he's still but using But he would him. have to get some PED But again, baseball's made it where I think everybody's using PEDs. It's because they are. It's ridiculous. You know what? I need a beer. A Belgian beer. Ooh. Next up, we're uh, bringing back one of my favorite segments, the Growler and the Grill. We're going to talk with, I think... The man that was our first ever guest on the ground on the grill, the executive director of the Oregon Brewers Guild, Brian Butenshin. We're talking about a festival coming up uh, next weekend, the Cheers to Belgian Beers. That is next on The Center and the Saint. This is 1080 The Fan. All the music today is uh, in honor of baseball season, even though we're not really talking about baseball, even though the Mariners have won 8 out of 10. And I think seven of them by one run. What? What? Oh, sorry. I fell asleep. It's Memorial Day weekend, uh, and I think that it's time for beer. Oh, we had a second poll uh, there, uh, Will. How are we doing on that uh, poll? This is at Center Saint 1080 or at 1080 The Fan, our second poll question on there. Uh, so the second poll question has to do with Memorial Day. It is. If it's Memorial Day weekend, what's the best way to celebrate? Uh, 5%. I'm a pescatarian. Okay. I think I answered that one. Yep. Uh, 19% say outdoors beer and meat. 33% say beer outdoors meat. And then 43% say meat, beer outdoors. Okay, so it's meat, then it's beer, then it's outdoors. Uh, so we'll take care of one of those for you, and we'll talk beer when we do the growler and the grill. Anyone can recommend a fine wine or cocktail to complement your meal. I'll take a scotch and water, hold a scotch. Here at The Fan, we believe you're more sophisticated than that. You hungry? Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? With a keenly trained palate for the best culinary sports offerings of the day, The Fan presents a truly enlightened sports experience. What is the soup du jour? It's the soup of the day. Mm, that sounds good. I'll have that. This is The Growler and the Grill, a weekly feature on The Sinner and the Saint on 1080. Polish sausage. Okay? I mean- the Fan. Next Friday, June 1st, and Saturday, June 2nd at the North Warehouse at 723 North Tillamook uh, from 1 to 9 on Friday and 12 to 8 on Saturday is Cheers to Belgian Beers Festival. It's a showcase of uh, Belgian-style beers brewed by Oregon Craft Brewers. This is the 12th annual festival. 
I'm very happy to welcome back to the show Brian Butention, the executive director of the Oregon Brewers Guild. Brian, thanks for coming back. Yeah, thanks for having me back, Luke. So, uh, Brian, uh, you uh, have a cousin who's a very good friend of mine. And he always told me, he's like, yeah, I got this buddy that works for the Oregon Brewers Guild. Right, my cousin works for the Oregon Brewers Guild. You should meet him. You should meet him. I had to get a radio show to actually meet you. But this is the third or fourth time we've had you on. <laughs> Um, and you've got an extensive knowledge about beers. Um, quickly tell our audience, what is the primary characteristic of Belgian beers if you had to give like a 10,000 foot view? Yeah, so for Belgium, it's yeast. If you go to like Germany, it's or Ch the Czech Republic, it's malt. If you go to England, it's maybe hops. And But yeah, Belgium's known for its uh, varied yeast strains and like so the beers that you drink from there are very yeast forward. So that has a lot of different flavors that maybe you just don't get in if you were to have like an American macro lager. So what are some of those notes that you would notice from the, like that the yeast is putting forward? <sighs> yeah. So I don't, I, I don't never taste something and go, Mmm, the yeast. Yeah. You look at like uh, clove, banana, some fruity, like uh, tropical fruit kind of flavor. So okay. it, it, it's really varied. So, um, and, and the way they make beers too, those yeasts tend to be, like a little drier and more carbonated, so they're very food-friendly. Okay. Okay. Um, if, if you had to, so you said Germany is malt, uh, your English is more of a hop beer, and then obviously Belgian with the, the yeast. Is there a defining characteristic of, of what a Portland beer is, or are people just kind of all over the map on that? I, I think they're, they're both. They're kind of, uh, you know, being the second largest hop-producing region in the United States, hops have always been really important here, so... Everything you see here kind of has a hoppier bent to it, no matter almost no matter what style people are doing. Uh, but then people are all, all over the place. Like we represent, I think the the varied styles of the beer world really well here in, in Portland. Okay, so so let's let's have a beer um, and let's talk a little bit about some of the the brewers that are going to be at the the Cheers to Ooh. Belgian Beers Festival. Yes, we have over sixty breweries from around the state. Uh, a lot of them are from Portland. The beer first beer we're going to try is made so the, kind of the we do a couple of unique things with this beer festival. This is for you, thank you, sir. Uh, I haven't had any of these beers before. Um, this is from Backpedal Brewing. It's called Taurus. It's kind of just like a drinkable saison made with sterling hops from Crosby Hop Farms here in here, uh, here in Oregon. And it's funny because I do notice the, the almost that warm banana kind of taste to it right up right up front. So, oh yeah, yep, totally. Mm -hmm. It's funny, but I wouldn't recognize that as a yeast characteristic. But yeah, that's a it's and even this. I mean, this is cold beer, but it does have a little bit of a warmer feel to it. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> Thank you, Will, for your participation. Do you want one of these beers? If you have a club soda in there, I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get that for you. Um, so tell me a little bit about Backpedal. I am not familiar with them. Yeah, so Backpedal is on basically 14th and Flanders. There's three breweries like that are really right in the row as far as buildings on the east and west side of the street. Uh, and they also operate uh, brew cycles. So if you see okay. people in that, that's... That's where they're coming from. And they're actually going to open a place here 
in the South waterfront here, I think in a couple of weeks, hopefully. Well, so, fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's right in our neighborhoods. It so is. That'll be fantastic. Um, for anybody just joining the program, we're talking with uh, Brian Butention, the executive director of the Oregon Brewers uh, Guild. Next uh, weekend is the Cheers to Belgium Beers Festival. So he's brought some beers in. So the, the backpedal beer that you brought in is in a crowler. In a crowler, yes. Crowler. So yeah. for anybody that doesn't know what a crowler is, this is a 32-ounce can of beer that they basically can for you from draft? Yes, yeah. You go in there. A lot of places have them now, uh, but they will yeah, fill the beer, draft beer, fresh draft beer, and then can and seal it uh, as you wait for that, and then you can take it home. And it, it I think it it does at least as good a job as a growler, which is the next beer that we're going to have. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a great way to, to cool. get beer to go. That's the one thing about Portland, pushing not only beer, but the beer technology. Yeah. There's, like a, there's like a waiting list for the, the mobile canning line that goes around to different uh, Oh, yeah, different totally. Too, so. All right, what's next? So next up uh, is Quid Pro Quad, which is a... Uh, so in Belgium, uh, a lot of Trappist monasteries and then non-Trappist monasteries, but there's a religious, uh, not religious group, but uh, kind of Catholic-based, which happens in Germany. It happens in a lot of the countries. Friars where the, make yeah, the they make the beer in, yep. in theory. So um, this is a quad. So if you start like a single, double, triple, there are different styles of different strengths and quad is the the strongest beer, the kind of heaviest, the, the yeah. This is the meanest beer the you meanest. find in Belgium. Yes. In Belgium. Yes. Okay. And and who's uh, who's making this particular uh, quad? He's uh, poor. He's you pouring. Can actually hear I that. thought uh, it was peeing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from Alameda Brewing on Fremont in oh, okay. Portland. Yes. Alameda makes uh, the ninety four seven Surfrider beer for uh, Surfrider Foundation. They do. Yeah. The alternator. Alternator uh, for for our sister station ninety four seven. Will, Will's Will's ready to chime in with something and watching him be clever while we taste beer. I have nothing to be clever about. Mm. No, I thought you were going to be. Delicious. You had that you had that look in your eye like you had something clever. I should have known better. So one of the unique things about this festival is that the beers you're trying today are made with the same yeast strain, and so we pick a we work with our yeast purveyor to choose a different yeast strain every year, and most of the beers made are made with the same yeast strain, so that makes it kind of unique. And then. We try to diversify the lineup based on a dart throw we do uh, in January. Okay. So, so people, you're drinking this beer because somebody threw a dart and it was in the <laughs> dark part and it was uh, closer to the uh, closer to the, to the bullseye. So, okay. Yeah. So, so, so this was this happens every year where you get this guy. All right, let's let's challenge everybody by making a random beer with the ingredients we select from chucking a dart. Yes, indeed. Oh, that's. Fantastic. So detailed. Yeah. No, <laughs> hey, listen. Some of the some of the best ideas come from. Uh, we were talking with a home brewer, and one time we asked him the worst beer they made was. He said he tried to make it with fried chicken skin or something <laughs> ridiculous. So, who knows how they do it? Um, so, if anybody goes to the the Belgian Beers Festival again, uh, for anybody who's joining us, uh, the Cheers to Belgian Beers Festival takes place uh, June first and second. That's next Friday and Saturday, and this will be at the North Warehouse up on, on Tilmic Street. Um, I'm sure you can go to craft beer. Yeah, OregonCraftBeer.org, and then right on our front page, we have a link to that. Mm -hmm. So you can figure out all of that information right there, or just search Cheers to Belgian Beers. Yeah. You'll be able to find it as well. Um, You said 60 different brewers? Yeah, we'll have, we're up to more than 60. I'm sure uh, 
uh, knowing brewers that there will be some last minute additions. (laughs) And the the other thing that's beautiful about this city is you get all kinds of collaborations and everybody works together in it. So it's a fun fun environment if you have a chance to make it. Um, And then uh, a couple beers that we've tried here, Alameda and uh, Backpedal Brewing, uh, both really good in in my book. And uh, you learn a little bit more about beer by going there, uh, which is fantastic. Totally. Well, Brian, I really appreciate you joining the Center and the Saint and uh, have a great Memorial Day weekend. Do you have big plans? I, I do not. Uh, I'll probably have a family like outdoor grilling thing on Monday afternoon. So, there you go. Yeah. And you're always in charge of bringing beer, right? I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have a happy Memorial Day weekend. Thanks again for coming in. Cheers to Belgian beers uh, Friday, uh, June 1st, and Saturday, June 2nd. Uh, when we come back, I've got some startling news for Will Darkens that he may be the only one that finds exciting, but uh, he'll be giddy. I can promise you that. And that is next, Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. So Ramones is part of the uh, all-baseball-themed music this week. Um, I'm double-fisting, so you're going to have to carry the show for pretty much the rest of the way. I hope that's okay. Can I get your keys? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Nah, he only poured samples, but he gave me the growler to take home. I'm going to go off-roading in the Honda Civic. That's not a bad idea. So, came across something this week that... uh, I don't know if this means that you and I spend too much time together or whatever, but I was like, this is really going to be great for Will. You've built this up. It better pay off. Well, listen, uh, again, I don't know that this will necessarily translate to the audience, um, but I came across a story that is related to WWE that made me think of you. How often do you watch the World Wrestling Entertainment Network? When it's put in front of me inadvertently. Okay. Like if I'm watching... Sports Center, and it's just there. And then it's usually only a couple seconds because then I'll change it. Fair enough. So, so I don't know if you do know me very well then. No, no, no. Then again, go no, ahead. You and I are the same way there. Okay, go ahead. So did you know that this week during WWE Raw, Raw, your favorite NFL quarterback made an appearance? Okay. Wait, what? There's a Jimmy G? There's a sign off of the ring held up by a guy that says Blake Bortles undefeated in WWE. And I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. Whatever, cuz he's never wrestled in a WWE match. Wait. Are you going to are you about to tell me what I hope you're going to tell me? What's that? Go ahead. No, what do you think I'm going to tell you? Blake Bortles was in a WWE match. Nope, he's never been in one. Oh. So, but I would like you to go on Twitter, okay? And go to at Bortles facts. Bortles facts. Blake Bortles facts. Yes. Facts about Blake Bortles. Oh, these are great. There is an entire Twitter page dedicated to Blake Bortles facts. Blake Bortles is undefeated in 194 countries. That is true. (laughs) Doesn't undefeated mean you'd have to have played? No. He's without a defeat. There's uh, there's so many that are so good in here, um, but I want you to find, if we scroll down. Blake Bortles and Tom Brady have combined <laughs> five Super Bowl titles, four Super Bowl MVPs, 13 Pro Bowls, three NFL MVPs, three first-team All-Pro honors, and two uh, NFL Offensive Player of the Year awards. That's the one. That's true. That is true. They've combined for all of that. This is incredible. 
So I came across that little nugget this week. So anybody that has followed this show in any capacity whatsoever knows that Blake Bortles is some sort of a siren that calls to Will Darkens and brings him home every week. And he comes up, I would say, probably three times a month. Career touchdown receptions. Blake Bortles, one. Tom Brady, zero. True. It's all f- these are facts. Those are facts. Again, these are facts not to be disputed. So they're all presented so as facts. And I found it to be absolutely 100% Delightful. Five five three zero five. Your favorite Blake Bortle fact. Yeah, please, please, and thank you. Blake so. Bortles has never <laughs> physically attacked an opponent during a game. Now that is very true. <laughs> I've never seen Blake Bortles get aggressive during a game ever. Well, no, but yeah, physically attacked somebody. So yes, um, I'm going to try to get your attention back, but I just wanted to share that little nugget with you, and I just wanted to get your reaction. Did did it live up to the hype? Yes, of course it did. <laughs> now I did find an incredible quote here. And I think this isn't right, meaning it's not real. What am I spending my last $50 on? Man, I'm going for Bud Light and tacos. That is so friggin'. You know what? Blake Bortles, I think he belongs in Jacksonville. He is every part of Jacksonville. Jacksonville belongs to Blake Bortles, and Blake Bortles belongs to Jacksonville. He's a tall, very somewhat large, aging white guy who hangs out on the beach. And it's not really great at what he does. Good that's enough, so, though. He's good enough. Good enough at what he does. It's not good enough, though, because they should have gotten to the Super Bowl. It wasn't his fault they didn't win that game. It was very much his fault. Oh, you better stop. How many interceptions did he throw in that game? One. <laughs> was it at the final final second of the thing? It was kind of. No. Near. Anyways. Or was it one? Did he even throw I don't even anything? think he did. I don't think he did. I don't have the stat line in front of me. Here, here. Here's the transition we're trying to make. By the way, there was a poster at that WWE thing that says Miles Jack wasn't down. (laughs) That's a that's a bitter that's a bitter uh Yeah. So Jags fan. Uh the other big change in the NFL this week was the kickoff rules. So the NFL, if you don't know, has been trying to eliminate the not the kickoff. They've actually been trying excuse me, trying to do everything they can not to eliminate the kickoff but it is the most dangerous play in football and there are more concussions and more full speed running collisions than any other play in football okay and so they've already moved it up to the 35 yard line to kind of get more touchbacks but the changes they made this week so now if you're an nfl kickoff coverage guy oh well that's why i watch it sure no more running starts oh man God, they're taking away my favorite part of football. Which is the running start. I'm which like, is oh. the running start, because that's how I know that they're going to be. One of my favorite parts about the Oregon Ducks is that they get into a uh, 40 stance for their kickoffs. Yeah. Like they're running it a 40-yard dash. So, okay, so no more running start. No more running start. Okay. And then you can only have eight players forward for blocking and no more wedges. God, that's I, that's a short version. I, why do we even care about the kickoff anymore? I mean, since Devin Hester left the league, there's been nobody that's really caught my attention where I actually want to pay attention to the kickoff. I guess it, Tyler Lockett had a good rookie season, second season, both seasons. Yeah. He yeah. didn't sustain, though. No, he didn't. I, well, me, what happened, though, same thing happened to Devin Hester and Dante Hall, is where you put the guys into the offense and they stop being just a kick returner. See, I think that they should just keep the kickoff as it is. And I wouldn't say get rid of the kickoff because then you get rid of the whole idea of an onside kick, right? Yeah, so did you see the uh, American oh. Football Federation, whatever the American Association of Football? 
the new spring league that they're doing. Yeah. You see what they're doing for kickoffs? What? No kickoffs. Mm-hmm. If you want an onside, I think I told you this, fourth and 15 from your own 35. Wait, that's your, what? How so, is that an onside kick? So instead of getting an onside, they give you the ball. Oh. As oh, a, fourth and 15. Yeah. Hmm. So you get one play, essentially, to go 15 yards, and if you make it, I assume they just looked at the statistical probabilities of recovering an onside kick. Lined it up with that. And figured out what the down and distance would be, and they had the equivalent. You get one play. If you can make it that 15 yards, then you have the ball. I think that's a fair compromise. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. That's a good kind of Band-Aid solution, I'd say, for what it is. Well, I, I think it makes sense, and it's a good way to test it. But you'll still have the onside kick now in the NFL with this. John Harbaugh had an interesting thing, though, that he suggested. If you want more touchbacks... Give the team a point for making the uh, extra point. Give them one point, yeah. like an extra point, for making the kickoff through the upper. Oh, base. I would love that. And actually, one of my favorite I moments. think that should replace the extra point. That's now, I would go a step further. If the extra point was just your kicker on the kickoff, if he made it through the uprights, you can put him, it'd be 75 yards from the 35, right? Yes. So, why not? Okay. Have you ever seen the movie on the Disney Channel? The uh, field. I can goal, tell you right now, no. The if it was on field the field goal kicking, garbage picking, trash man or something with Tony Defin- Danza. Definitely. Tony Danza is a trash man. He's an American treasure, is what he is. He tries out for the Philadelphia Eagles, who are terrible at the time. So is this is this based on Invincible? Um, slightly. Okay. He's a kicker, though. He practices in the back of a junkyard, kicking old water coolers. Hundreds of yards. Oh, sure. he's such a good kicker of water coolers. So How did I miss this movie? By tries way? out. Look it up. Tries out yeah. for the team, makes the team. On his first game, he kicks it on a kickoff, and it goes through the uprights. And in the friggin' movie, they give the Eagles three points because he kicked it through the uprights. On a On a kickoff. Game. Yeah, there you go. They give them three points. Why not? They pretty much just ignore the conventional rules of football, and they go, oh, let's just have some fun. Three points. What would you do with a kickoff? I, that's what I, I would do. I kind of like the one-point idea. I think it's kind of good. Though, I will tell you this. I, that's your extra point because you have two things. You just you, move back the extra point. But here's what, how it could get really interesting. Let's say you tie the game up and you have to kick it off, and this is a pretty probable thing that could happen. You tie the game up, uh, and you got to kick it off again, and what? There's like... 30 seconds left on the clock? Yeah. I mean, you could very easily win the game on the kickoff. Yeah. That's kind of cool, I think. Like, how do you distract? Can the kick return team distract the guy as he's kicking off? So so there's a a couple things that make it interesting, right? So can you score on the opening kickoff? Yes. Okay. So you get one point for that. One point. How do you do the two-point conversion? Uh, You mean from that kick? So okay, so if the extra point moves to the field goal or to the kickoff, sorry. Well, here's I what I'd say you do. Okay, is if you get a chance, if you decide to go for a two point conversion, you get one point if you make it. You lose a point if you miss it, and then you have to gain that point back by making the extra point on the kickoff. That's very contrived. Okay, I would say this though. <clears throat> I would say keep the extra point as it is. Just add the kickoff as another point that you sure. can get. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of what I was thinking when you were talking about. No, that's what John Harbaugh's idea was. Would you yeah, get a point for just it? Just add it on there. Yeah. That, like, yeah, you do have the point for, or you have the option to either kick the field goal or get an extra point. But then right after that, it's like, hey, 
Kickoffs are free, man. You can get one more point for getting it right through the uprights because they they do it pretty consistently. Yeah, and if you get the opening kickoff, the other team gets the opening uh, kickoff for the half. Yeah. Uh, the fan text line? Yes. Is that what it's called? Sure. Blake Bortles has never lost to Eli Manning in the Super Bowl. Fact. That's true. Blake Bortles has never been beaten by Chuck Norris. Fact. That is also a fact. Though, I don't know. I might dispute that one because maybe they have fought. What? I feel like I'd read that, though. I'm pretty uh, up on my Blake Bortles news. The old Angels pitcher, Tony Danza, he better have a basketball movie, too. Does he have any other sports movies? Uh, Does he have a boxing movie? Wasn't he a boxer before he was a actor? No, I think you're just saying that maybe because the guy from Raging Bulls sounds like Tony Danza. But I, th- I think if you look at Tony Danza's Wikipedia page, it'll say he was an amateur boxer before he was an actor. Well, get ready. Because it's going to happen. All right. We will get that answer for you next. (laughs) And Crystal Ball, Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. Got another Blake Bortles fact for you. I'm ready for you. Blake Bortles and Tony Danza. Combined. (laughs) Combined. Have have appeared in one Academy Award-winning movie. Which one was that? Crash. Tony Danza was in Crash. Don't remember that at all. Hi, hi, yeah. All right. That's as unmemorable as PJ Tucker. The fan, (laughs) the fan text line has a couple more. Blake Bortles facts. He's never beaten my dad at a game of pig, so he's like everyone else in the world, according to my dad. (laughs) That's pretty fantastic. Really good. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, I feel like we should make a uh, fact website for somebody. I feel like we should do this. Use our listeners as a resource to come up with facts about uh, somebody else. I, I'm a little upset that somebody beat us to Blake Bortles facts. I feel like uh, my lack of social media prowess is, is the reason for that, and I apologize to everybody. We could do an Isaac Roth fact sheet. No, we need somebody a little bit more... We need somebody that's known, but disappointingly known, like Blake Bortles. It's Blake Bortles, everybody knows who Blake Bortles is. Nobody's, nobody's excited about knowing who Blake Bortles is. What about uh, Jeff Green? What about Pat Connaughton? Yeah, Pat's pretty bad. What about um, <laughs> Le- Myers Leonard? Myers, oh, now Myers Leonard, that'd be a good one. Or uh, what's his face? The the other white guy who's crappy at shooting, Luke Babbitt. Luke Babbitt or Luke Ridenour? Luke Ridenour. Though I like R- Luke Ridenour, though. Yeah, I don't think it'd be a bad thing. Well, right. it is kind of a bad thing. What do you mean? Having a fact page? The Blake Bortles fact page is great. You were thrilled about it. It made it to WWE. Somebody went on there to represent their faked fact page about, well, it's not fake facts. It's a real fact page. But their Blake Bortles fact page. By the way, the movie I was referencing, the garbage-picking, field-goal-kicking Philadelphia phenomena. Here's how IMDb describes it. A Philadelphia garbage man who develops his leg muscles from kicking the hydraulic lever on his truck is discovered by the Philadelphia Eagles and then signed by them to become a kicker. Mohawk says we should do Jay Cutler. Yeah, Jay Cutler would be a really but good one. If we're a Portland show, I feel like it should be a Portland. But Jay Cutler is a really good one because he hasn't had much to yell know, home about, but, except for maybe some stats. But tell me if I'm wrong. Shouldn't we have somebody Portland? Some Portlandy guy? I think we need I a mean, Port- Myers Leonard is. I mean, Myers Leonard is pretty good. Yeah. We did Myers Leonard facts. Yeah. Myers Leonard and Damian Lillard combined have won rookie of the year in the NBA. Myers Leonard and Michael Jordan combined have won six. NBA championships and have six NB- MVPs. That's true. Finals MVPs. That's true. Yeah. Of LeBron James and Myers Leonard, one of them is black. 
I don't. I mean, it's a fact, I suppose. It's a fact. If, if you added LeBron James and, and Myers Leonard together, you'd get exactly one black guy. One black guy. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the thing. All right. Uh, if, if we get is that that's not true. I'll tell you what. We'll make our that's prediction. That's true, isn't we'll it? Do our, it? It is. We'll do our. We'll do our. You our, can't tell me it's not listen, true. Listen, we'll do our little balls thing here. We'll do our crystal balls. And if we get enough support from the fan text line, we will start the. Um, make sure there's no Myers Leonard facts already now. And we will do this as an aggregate. We'll collect information from our listeners every week and we'll add new Myers Leonard facts daily. Okay. Okay. I'm all right with that. With Myers Leonard facts at Myers Leonard facts. We'll figure out if it's a thing. All right. People people rely so heavily on our predictions. We don't want to miss out on that. So, you've got game six tonight, Warriors-Rockets. Yeah. Who, who wins the game? Uh, I got to lean towards the Warriors, but I am going to say this is going to be a lot closer than we think. I think. Do you really think so? I really do. I think a lot of people... What's are, the line on this? It's got to be pretty bad. I, um, okay, I'll look. I'm thinking that, you know, yeah, it's obvious that with Chris Paul out, the defense is going to be horrid. Uh, for the Rockets, because really, I think that was one of the more unspoken things that uh, Chris Paul did for the Rockets in Game Five, which was kind of lock down Steph Curry and keep Clay Thompson. Well, that and PJ Tucker's defense. Oh God, please no! But I think that you're going to see the Rockets push pretty hard. In the first Warriors favored by twelve and a half. Yeah, you're going to see the Rockets push pretty hard in the first three quarters, and I even think at half it'll either be tied or the Rockets will be ahead by a small margin because Harden is going to just pour it in. He's going to shoot as much as he can. He's going to try to get to the uh, basket as much as he can. He's going to draw contact as much as he can. But in the end, it's going to come up empty because this is what James Harden does in games. Come up empty. Yeah, he'll play really well in the first half, maybe even pretty well in the third quarter. And again, I'm excluding game five here, but he does that. And then once it gets to the fourth quarter, he takes these ridiculous shots, which even in game four, I was kind of like, what the hell are you doing, dude? The last four possessions, he just came down, blew off 12 seconds from the clock, and then would do a step back three and miss it. And I go, dude, you got to move the ball around. Like, you have a lead right now. Run the clock a little bit. You have time. So James Harden sucks in crunch time. Yes. We assume that they lose. I, I'm with you. They lose game six. There's no way they win in Golden State. It, this goes to seven. Yes. So, who wins the series? Ugh. That's really dependent on if Chris Paul can play in game seven, which I think he cannot. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, they say they're going to reevaluate him. He's probably on a plane to Europe right now to get some treatment that's illegal in the U.S. He's got Robinson Cano's guy on the plane with him, and he'll be back. If he does get into the game, I don't think he'll be as effective. Um, Willis Reed moment? No. No. I'm going to say the Warriors. Okay. I'm going to say the Warriors will win game six and then... Give him game seven, too. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. It's very difficult. All right, it we got. We too. do have a game seven. <laughs> We're both really disappointed. It does, dude. I, I mean, I, I think it really does I, suck, it, It's disappointing that you don't have the full complement of players. I, we don't know how bad his hamstring is, and I hope that he's back. And and it, it let's, okay, oh, let's do it this way, because we don't know. Even though we have crystal balls, we don't know. If Chris Paul plays, can they win? Do they win? Would they uh, win? Yes. Ooh. I think wow. so, and I want to see Houston win because I think if Golden State can kind of sneak their way out of this series and get into the finals, they'll just turn it on. And they'll what? go, oh, okay, now we're here. Watch we- for Houston to pull the shoot early in Game 6 and lose by 60 and then come out full force in Game 7. I think that's probably what you'll end up seeing. They'll lose by 1,000 points tonight, and then in Game 7, they'll 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 give them everything they have. It'll be at least a closer game. What do you see in Game 7 for Celtics? 
Cavs. Celtics, Cavs. I want to say uh, Celtics are favored by two and a half. I'm going to say LeBron James, though, man. Elimination games, he's insanely good. I can't pick against him either. Yeah. Cavs are going to the finals eight straight years for LeBron James in the NBA finals. LBJ is going to put up 50. What do you call him? LBJ. I know that's a common nickname. It's just terrible. Just call him Brony. Or Bron Bron. LeBoner? LeBoner? That works. All right. Uh, people that listen to this show, I'd like to thank you for listening to this show. I'd also like to thank Brian Butention, who is a person that came in. He's the executive director of the Oregon Brewers Guild. Check out the Cheers to Belgian Beers Festival. The, the beers I'm drinking are good. I know that. And everybody have a great uh, Memorial Day weekend. You can download the podcast at TennessyTheFan.com. And I think that's it. So bye-bye. Laughing as you go. Just remember that the last laugh is on you. You're drunk. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.